Coming at you live from the San Francisco studios, it's Not So Bum Voyage, episode 55. On today's episode, we chat about another airplane brawl and a snowboarder's fight for survival on the slopes. Plus, Josh Hartnett is back, baby. Grab your beanies and let's go. And then the train got lost. How does the train get lost when it's on rails? I just want to get out there in the wild. Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent. Ahoy, Voyagers! Ahoy there, Voyagers! Episode 55 of the Not So Bon Voyage podcast. Welcome, welcome, Voyagers. How are you today? Great. <laughs> are you talking to me? I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to everyone. I'm talking to every single Voyager who's out there listening to us right now. Every Voyager who is a Voyager at heart who can't be traveling at the moment, this is a shout out to you. Yes, a shout out. And I am Christine. And I am Jules. Just in case you're tuning in for the first time, you don't know who we are. First time Voyager. First time Voyager. Oh my God, there probably are some. Welcome. Welcome. You've uh, officially popped your Voyaging cherry. Lovely. What a lovely <laughs> image. Thank you for kicking off. I don't, I don't know how many people we just lost then. Yeah, no, but if they didn't like that joke, they're probably not going to like the rest of our podcast. So better to weed those people out early, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. But okay. if you're still with us, then welcome to the ship. <laughs> yes, yes. If, you're, if you've gone, well, goodbye. That's Good it. riddance. Good riddance to you. Episode 55, we are nearing our one-year anniversary. We're only a few weeks away from it. When was our one-year anniversary? We, when is it? It is the end of September. Okay. Wow, that's coming up quick. It's so weird because 2020 obviously sucks. Everybody can agree on that. Everybody knows. But it's going by really quickly, very strangely. Surprisingly quickly. Right? Isn't that weird? Yes, because usually your year goes past, especially for us who we're always traveling, our year goes by quite quickly because we have we're on trips or we're looking forward to the next trip. And this year we have no trips and the year is still going, which goes to show you that no matter what happens, time will always go. Yes, that's our one constant in life. Time will pass. Time will pass with or without you, hopefully with you, because if it passes without you, you're probably dead. And uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So today we have some more stories about when shit goes wrong on the road, because that's what we're all about here at Not Bon Voyage. And we will do a quick update on how our week was. We went camping. We went camping. Da, 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 da. If, if you listened last week, you know that we talked about camping. We actually told our story about camping in Lagos de Montebello in Mexico, which was probably one of our last camping trips before this last weekend, where we had a couple of mishaps. We had some midnight horror story, Friday the 13th, Jason type experiences and caught in the rain. And it was great. You should listen to last mm-hmm. week's episode. But we went camping and... We successfully survived. Yes, we did. Even though it was probably over 100 degrees. Yeah. It It was was so hot, you guys. It was like over 35 degrees Celsius for our non-American, non-imperial Fahrenheit listeners. Mm -hmm. Uh, Over 100. Very, very, very hot. So hot. We went camping in El Dorado National Forest, which I looked up. I didn't know what forest we were in, but I do now. And yeah, it's east of Sacramento, if anybody knows uh, California. And it was very hot, but it was fun. But it was very strange because we went to this river one day to, you know, splash around. And the river was the coldest water I've ever felt in my entire life. I've never been to Antarctica, but I feel like it's probably on par with that. Christine does like to exaggerate, but I will confirm the water was absolutely freezing. It literally was not even refreshing because it was too cold. Yes, and it was over 100 degrees outside and it was probably under 100 degrees in the water, so we could not win, but we didn't we uh no complaints over here. We had a great time and everything went fine apart from if you are following the news in California at the moment or at least in the US, 
there are some very bad wildfires going on. Yes, there are over, I think there were over 300 fires. Wow. So we had a really bad lightning storm, which rarely happens in California. Plus, it was super dry and there was a heat wave. Recipe for disaster. Things caught on fire. Shit's burning. It's crazy right now. Very crazy. There's smoke everywhere. We can't even go outside right now. It sucks. Yes. So when we were coming back from our camping trip, we actually had to take a detour around because the main highway had a fire on either side. So yeah, a little bit of a not so bon voyage, but you know, not not too bad compared to what the the various counties are facing at the moment with the fires. Yeah. Shout out to all the firefighters. Shout out to the firefighters, you're doing a great job. But we could literally see the fire from the freeway yes, as we were driving. We it definitely was could. Crazy. And then we're all staring at the fire, and Jules is driving and looks back at the freeway, and there is a truck. What do you call it? It's the cab of a pickup truck. The whole back part of a pickup truck was on in the middle of the lane. I was like, whoa. On the highway. So we literally, it was like a movie. Like we're all looking at the fire, and then we turn back, and it's like, oh no. And they had to swerve. And then we reported it to California Highway Patrol because we are, we are good responsible citizens. citizens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, but that is it. That's all for the updates. Let's jump into some in the news for this week. Not much happening in the news at the moment. Uh, I've got a quick one, and then I'm going to jump into a main story because Christine's been telling a lot of stories over the last few weeks. So I, I realize it's my time to my time to shine at the moment. I've been babbling. You've been babbling. You've been a babbling brook. Mm, call me brook. Okay, so my in the news today is called Get Out of My Seat. Love it. Okay, so last week, two passengers on board an American Airlines flight from Las Vegas to Charlotte got in a fight on the plane. Shocking. Shocking. People love to fight on planes. Especially if they're coming from Vegas. Vegas. Especially during COVID. Yes. Or not so, especially during COVID, but surprising during COVID. Surprisingly. So this one was over a uh, seat assignment. Mm, that's a very tricky situation. People yes. really like their seats. There is not a ton of information about the fight, but there is a video. So I was Ooh. going to show you the video. Uh, we put a link to it in the show notes, but here is a passenger brawl on a flight leaving Las Vegas. Here oh, we go. Oh, a brawl. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's two people. So one of them is a woman. Okay. Because they clearly say the woman in pink. And the other person is, I'm not really sure of their gender. Mm -hmm. Uh, But either way, whether it's two women fighting or it's a woman and a man, uh, I would not want to fight this first woman because she looks like she can throw down. (laughs) Whoa. This is like a full brawl. As if traveling isn't stressful enough already. Holy moly. Yeah, the lady in pink is getting some good punches in. Yeah, but then oh, oh she's trying to blows. Well, but then the Whoa. next person, I don't know, is it a guy or a girl? I cannot tell. Okay. But wow, that's gnarly. We've got on replay now. Everybody's just looking. If people are wearing a mask, oh, there you go. Holy nice, moly. Nice to know. Uh, but yeah, there Were you go. they wearing a mask fighting? I couldn't tell. I'm not uh, sure. I doubt it. Yikes. Somehow I feel like that was probably their last priority. Yikes. Wow. That that was way worse. Okay, when you said like fight for a seat, I thought it was going to be like people, you know. Arguing. Like, arguing, basically. Yeah, like this the... is like a full like cage match, fight to the death <laughs> style brawl. Give me my seat. That is crazy. Yes, so that was a good fight. Wow, that must have been a window seat. Or maybe it was one of those classic double seats and they're like, I want the double extra space. Oh, nice. I love a good double double seat. Yeah. Okay, 
moving on to our main story. I mean, that's it, really. Like we say, there's not much going on in the news today. We're not going to babble on too much. There's not, there's not much going on. People aren't traveling very much, i.e. not as much travel news. <laughs> yep. Okay. That's, that's it, you guys. That's it. I mean, it's pretty much, it's a simple equation. Not as much travel, equals not as much travel, bad news. Mm. But I do have a great main story today that I, we're going back, so I haven't told a survivor story in a while. Ooh. And I really miss them. I felt like I got on a good run with them. Then I took a little break, and now I'm going back into the survivor stories. Nice. So my one story today is called One Last Run. Hmm. One, one last, last run. run. Any guesses what it might be about? Um, somebody wanted to run one last time. Yeah. Like going a jog? No. But No? Okay. But it is, you know, you're getting there. Okay. Okay. This is the story of Eric Lamarck. He's mm. French. So is it would it be Lamarck? Or just no, a, it would just be Lamarck. Lamarck. Mm. Okay. He is, Thank you for years of French in high school. <laughs> he is 34. Well, he was 34 at the time of this story. And he was a former French national team hockey player. Let me give you a little bit of a background as to who Eric was, and then I can get into his story. Because I feel like it sets up. You know, we like to know who these people are if we're going to tell these stories of epic survival. French Canadian or French French? French, actually French American. Oh, so he's a dual citizen. We have those. Well, he hmm. was okay. So he was born in Paris. Oh, lovely. but he grew up in LA. Oh, wow! So Best of both worlds. Yeah, love no. it. And so he found a love of ice hockey. I guess while he was living in the states. So born in Paris, I'm assuming to French parents, but I guess they grew up, moved, and grew up in LA. Okay. So he finds ice hockey. He loves it. Loves it. He What's loves not it. to love? What's Get teeth love? knocked out. Get getting a fist fight. Slam your face on the ice. Sounds like fun. Yes. So he's, from all reports, he's a pretty gifted hockey player. He cruises through high school and he ends up going to college uh, in Michigan in the late 80s and he plays Division One hockey. So mm, he's pretty good. Mm, D1. He, D1, baby. Mm. He gets drafted into the NHL, which is the professional league. Uh, yes, I'm not familiar. sure if he plays. Well, some people might not be. That's true. Yeah. National Hockey League, the mm-hmm. American Hockey League, uh, and Canadian. And Canadian. I'm not sure if he plays in the NHL, but he does play for a number of professional teams over his career. And he's actually, he must be pretty good because he actually represents France at the 1994 Olympics. Wow. In the Olympic side. So he's a good hockey player. Yes, okay? so clearly. He's, he's very good. So he's, he's very much a winter sport kind of guy, mm. which meant after he finished his professional ice hockey career, he was looking to throw himself into another winter sport, which mm. was snowboarding. Oh, what's, wait, what's the like length of a career for hockey players? Uh, I'm not sure. Is it one of those sports you can't, you kind of have to get in, get out? No, I think you can play into your 30s and mid-30s, depending on injury. I think just maybe he retired or maybe he wasn't, he was coming to the end of it, but he he developed a very strong passion for snowboarding and addiction, as you might say. Oh. So he was always looking to push the boundaries and push his own physical limits. So he was really, you know... Really pushing it out there. Mm, you go, you uh, go, yeah. Eric Lamarck. Yes. So it's also at this time that he develops a serious addiction for crystal meth. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Snowboarding and crystal meth. <laughs> My two favorite things. Snow and snow. There <laughs> oh, actually wow. are a few uh, things about this story. So I, I, so ice hockey. Ice hockey, mm. yes. Ice so he, hockey. He likes the powder. <laughs> okay. More, hey, these, more drug puns. Uh, yes. Well, he does make some of these himself in, in some of the recounts that I've read. So He makes drug puns? Well, no, he makes some comparisons between the two. Mm, okay, so okay. Uh, we will not make fun of addiction because it's very serious. Disease. No, so he has so he has a addiction to crystal meth, which he admits himself, uh, and he says it left him in a very dark place, uh, selfish, and very much clouded his judgment. Mm-hmm. He recalls being quite isolated 
from family and friends and just basically like doing whatever he wanted, however he wanted. And that was all that mattered. Wow. Was he like a professional uh, snowboarder or he just dabbled? I'm not sure how. I mean, he sounds like, and from all reports, sounds like the kind of guy who was very good at all things he did sport-wise, mm. very athletically gifted. When it came to ice hockey, he said that he never really pushed himself. He could just do it. Like He feels like he never really applied himself. He was just like, yeah. He's just really, naturally good at everything. Just naturally I good. I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does reflect on maybe being a little tad arrogant, uh, as that would, would bring up. But yeah, he I guess he was probably pretty good because he was very laser-focused on competing in the X Games. Oh. I didn't go too much into that side of the story because I didn't want to get off track. But if he's he was either competing in the X Games or he's trying to, but he's like fully into it. Okay. So he's got his he's got his two powders as we've already agreed. <laughs> so he's out snowboarding at Mammoth Ski Resort, which is in the Sierra oh. Nevada mountains, mm-hmm. which is kind of in between. I guess it's it's like five hours from LA, five mm-hmm. hours six hours from San Francisco. If you triangulate the two in the mountains, you get Mammoth, mm-hmm. which is a famous spot, mm-hmm. and it is. The year is 2004. It's February 6th. So this story goes back 16 years. So Eric, he's finished his ice hockey career. He's all about the snowboarding and the drugs, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he's out at Mammoth by himself, ready to just carve it out. Love it. So he's at over 11,000 feet, and he's just smashing the slopes. Fun. He's nearing the end of the day, and the weather starts to take a turn, and the ski patrol comes out, and they're ushering people off the mountain. Oh, I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, so I guess it was the ending of the day. There was a fog coming in. You know, visibility was low. And so the ski team, they get out on their little bing, bing, bing. Oh, that'd be a fun job. Or maybe they're just cruising around on skis. But basically, they were trying to get everybody off the mountain because mm. their conditions were changing, and they worried it about it being a little bit dangerous. Makes sense. So Eric, he, remember, he's a little bit of a renegade. He's kind of just doing his thing, how he wants to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so he decides to ignore the ski patrol warning (gasps) and he instead pursues one last run. Oh, naughty. Yes, that's why I called it one last run. Mm, Oh, one last run. Yeah, like a ski run, like a Mm, snowboard run. Okay. So he decides to go down the other side of the mountain and he's like, I just want to get one more. Mm. So he unclips his board and he starts to hike up to the top of a ski run. I was going to say they wouldn't have the lifts running That's if it was the end of the yeah. day or whatever, if they were getting people off the mountain. Yes. Wow, so he walked up, damn. Yeah, so he yeah, so he must have unclipped, walked up, he hiked up to the top of a run. Mm-hmm. So whether it was closed or maybe it was one of those backcountry ones, you know. Mm-hmm. So when he got to the top, visibility was good. So he's mm-hmm. like, sweet, I'm just going to. Hurdle down the mountain. And at that point, there's only one way down anyway. Yeah, so I know. he's like, even if it was bad, he was like, I got to go. If he gets to the top and he goes, oh, this was a good idea. <laughs> well, I still have got to go down. <laughs> so he gets to the top and as he's cruising down the mountain, he didn't realize that he was boarding directly into a thick fog. Oof. So he's unable to see where he's going at this stage. Yikes. So he's like, uh-oh. That's very scary. Yes. So he could have, I mean, a number of things could have happened here. He could have hit a tree. Yeah, that's pretty much the main danger, I would say, especially if you're doing backcountry. Mm-hmm. That could, that's, don't hit a tree. Don't hit a tree. I hope he was wearing a helmet. Maybe. I don't know. He's a renegade. He is a renegade. So he, he's in the fog. He's cruising down. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And he takes a wrong turn and he went off the trail and into the wilderness. <gasps> so he's surrounded the by wilderness. He's <laughs> surrounded by fog. The sun is starting to set. Oh, no. And Eric realizes that he's not on trail anymore, and essentially he's lost. He's effed. So he's like, oh, damn. No. 
So he gets to, I don't know if he gets to the bottom or he gets to somewhere, but he realizes that he's not where he's supposed to be. He doesn't know where he's got to go. So he just stops there and he's like, okay, I've got to spend the night here. All he so, wanted was one, one last, last run. run. So he spent his first night shivering all night. Oh, and he no. says his he, first night? Yeah. Oh, no. So, well, the first of many. Uh-oh. Um, so, he, so that first night, I should have said that first night. I gave it away. Uh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that first night, he spent shivering. So he, yeah, he was cold. I mean, he was out there. So remember, he's he's not. A lot of the people who go missing sometimes are hiking. They have gear and things like that. Mm-hmm. He's just up there on the mountain snowboarding. So he's got his jacket, he's got his pants, but he doesn't have any equipment because he's not planning on staying there. Yeah, that would be pretty bad. Also, when you're snowboarding, well, I've never been snowboarding, but when you're skiing, similar, um, you get kind of sweaty under your clothing. And if you're just, if you're not moving and you heat up when you're going down the hill, right? Yes. So if you're not moving, if you still have that moisture like inside your jacket, it's cold. It, you would freeze, literally. Yes. You'd be so cold. And he's high. He's at very high altitude. It's obviously during winter because there's snow. Well, it's probably during winter. Uh, so yeah, so he's like, okay, got to stay here. So he spends the first night there, doesn't get any sleep and he has to shiver all night. So that's, he's got no food, no water, anything like that. Mm. At sunrise on day two, he decides to follow his tracks back up the mountain thinking that he couldn't be more than a mile or so away from the lodge. So if he just retraces his steps, he'd probably be able to find it. Mm. So at this stage, he's probably daydreaming about the warmth of the lodge. He's had one day out of snow. He's like, oh, I've got to get back. Probably thinking hot toddies. I was just going to say that. <laughs> he's like, thinking warming his feet by the fire. Oh, that's what I think about all yeah. the time. <laughs> so he's really, so he's pumped. He's like, all right, I've got I to gotta get back into it. So he's, he's got, motivated. He's motivated. So he's got no supplies, except he has an MP3 player. So this and is probably morale. one of those old school MP3 players. And he has a bag of meth with him. Oh, wow. He took that on the mountain? I mean, I guess this is where, I guess he was pretty addicted. Whoa, that's an interesting choice. Okay. So he's snorting meth and he's doing snowboard runs. Seems like a little bit of a dangerous... Definitely seems dangerous, but I guess meth is like an upper, right? So it's like, you know, like rage snowboarding. Well, I think that's actually... I didn't want to go too much into the drug addiction side of the story. I think he tells his story... Obviously, he survives because he tells his story. Mm. Okay, so let's just get, you know, we, we know how get these stories run. The we know how these run. Like, we like to build up these stories, but basically, if we're telling a story of survival, that person has to have survived. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no there's no illusion here. There's no smoke and mirrors. Where, where did you get this story Although, from? in saying that, some people don't survive. Well, sometimes there's one survivor and one not survivor, okay. or two not survivors, one survivor, two survivors, one not survivor. Whatever there's combination. There's an endless combination of numbers. <laughs> yes. So, this is one person, uh, so one survivor. Okay. 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 Cool. So there is some story there is some story behind his addiction. So I don't know how bad it was. I didn't want to go into it too much, but I feel like if you're snowboarding and you're also carrying a bag of meth with you, you've probably got a pretty high level of addiction. You would think. If you're if you're at the point where you've got to carry meth on you all the time, mm. you would just as a rough guess. I mean, it's possible that he really liked the combination of doing meth and going snowboarding and he's like his special occasion. Time to do it or something, but well, he was a drug addict by but, his own admission. Okay, well, so there you go. I don't think it was just a one-off thing. Yeah, well, there you go. Okay, so he's got his meth. We've established that. Okay. And he realizes that he can't. He doesn't have much else. He's got an MP3 player, meth. So he could he could have one last party if he really wanted to. That's true. But he realizes he hasn't got a lot of time out there, so he's got to get moving. So there's a river nearby, and he takes a drink from the water and he starts to assess his life. So he sits down, he starts to think to himself, and I guess. 
at this stage, maybe there's some kind of self-reflection coming in where he's thinking about the choices he made. He's only at day two so far of being lost, well, the, the next day. But he's having some time, some introspective time to think about the life choices he's made, where it's led him to. So maybe he's starting to think about some of the choices he's made and, mm. and how he's got to be here. Mm-hmm. So this seems to be quite a pivotal, sort of crucial moment in his life that he recalls having to make the hard decision and he ends up dumping the bag of meth out <gasps> on the snow. Whoa. To, maybe to avoid the temptation, I guess, and to focus on his survival. Interesting, because I guess if he figured he, if he got too messed up, then he wouldn't actually be able to save himself. Yeah, I guess so. So he's at this time where he just like switches gears, he dumps the meth on the ground and he goes, I am going to survive. Love it. I okay. love a pivotal moment. Yes. I love a turning point. So he he d- literally went cold turkey. Yeah. Okay. Cold. And very cold. On the gold. Or freezing turkey. Freezing turkey. So he dumps the bag. He heads over to the river to take one final drink of water before setting off on his survival quest. And this is what he says, a direct quote. He says, I put my hand on the rock and took the biggest drink of water that I could. The ledge I was on gave way and now I found myself in the river oh. being pulled oh. down. Oh, no. I fought over and over and got to the side of the river. So now I was in an environment where it was freezing cold, but I was completely soaked. Holy moly. I just stripped down and basically did what I called the fire dance. So I can just imagine like, ah. Jeez Louise. Wow. That was, that's a bit of bad luck, isn't it? Yes. So he's gone to take a sip of water and I guess he like put his hand on a rock and then slipped in. He's completely soaked, so his clothes are soaked, so oh, he's like, no. fuck. And it's freezing, so he's on the freezing cold mountain. That's so bad. So it's he's wet, it's cold, and he's trying to keep himself warm. So that's basically his main activity for day two, he says. He says, by the end of the day, he hasn't really progressed very far. He took off his clothes, he tried to warm him, he tried to get warm, and he ends up just finding a rock cliff and a ledge to sleep on that night. Naked, or did he put the clothes back on? I guess he put the clothes back on. He'd have to at some stage. Hopefully they dried out. Otherwise, they would freeze. Yeah, maybe he took them out, rang them, like as Mm. much water, shook them out, put them back on, tried to dry them with his body heat, and yes. so he. that's a bit of bad luck, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, these stories, they always have bad luck. Mm. That's what Not So Bon Voyage is all about. That must have been really annoying. He takes this pivotal moment, and he's like, I am not going to do this meth. I'm going to tip it out. And then he gets one sip of water and then he falls in the river. He's like, screw you, universe. I should have. Where is that man? <laughs> yeah. So he wakes up in the morning. Uh, this is day three, I guess. And it's freezing, like sub, but like zero temperatures. Oh, my God. And the first thing he notices is that he can't feel his feet. I was going to say, he's lucky he didn't freeze to death overnight. Yes. So the first thing he's like, okay, hmm, feet are feeling a little bit like ice blocks. And he peeled off his socks and he saw that his feet were purple and black. Uh. Did he have like hypothermia? What's it called when your feet... Frostbite. Frostbite, frostbite. Yes. Like in Mr. Deeds. Yes, yes. So his feet are purple and black, which is, I feel like, never a good sign. No. Not a good sign. You don't really want your feet to be purple. No, you definitely don't. Yeah. Okay, so he's like, hmm, okay, not very good. So now he knows like he needs to get to safety sooner rather than later. Mm. So he packs up his stuff and he hikes onwards. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he didn't really realize where he was hiking and he was pretty much hiking in the wrong direction. Oh, no. So he's miles off course at this stage, but for three days he hiked and hiked his way back up the mountain. So he's thinking, if I can get to the ridge of the mountain, to the top, I am I guess he's thinking he's probably going in the right way back to the mountain, but at least if he thinks he gets to the ridge, he'll be able to get to the top and then someone will either be able to see him or he'll be able to see where he is and get a different vantage point. But that's his goal. Or maybe see the ski lift. 
Yeah. And yeah. there was a lift up there. Because if you go down, there's a lot of down mountain, you know, there's a lot of space in there. But if you yes. go to the top, there's only one top, and that usually has a ski lift if you're at a ski resort. Yes. Or you can see another top, which you could see. Mm-hmm. So that's his plan. So that's all he wants to do is get to the top. Uh, so for the next few days, I guess he's hiking. And he's using his snowboard to carve out like kind of makeshift igloos in the snow to sleep in. God, he's hiking on his frostbitten feet? Yeah. That must be really... Would that be painful or would that just be numb? I think it would just be numb. You'd just be like walking on ice blocks. I hate when my feet go numb. When you're really cold. My feet have gone numb before. I hate walking like that. It freaks me out. So just imagine if your feet were frozen. Mm -mm, Mm-mm, mm-mm. Cannot do that. Yes. So then he's also using his snow. Okay. He's also using his snowboard to help him climb up the mountain. So I guess it's pretty steep. So he's, I guess he's using it. He's digging it in like an ice pick, and then pulling himself up, and digging it in and pulling himself up. That's so, smart. So he does that. So he's climbing up the mountain, and he's at night when he's exhausted, he's digging out little holes to sleep in, and that's what he does for a few days. A few days, jeez Louise. Yes. He had no idea if anyone knew he was missing. Thankfully, his mother, Susan, who was living back in LA, got alarmed when she hadn't heard from him after the weekend. Mm. So she tried calling him and naturally his phone wasn't picking up. He was out of service. And so she starts to worry because she can't get a hold of him. Wow. So she's worried. Eric's father's worried. And his father and a friend end up heading to Mammoth to alert the authorities and to tell them that their son is missing. Mm. So they're thinking, okay, haven't, haven't heard from him. He hasn't heard from us. We don't know where he's at. I guess they, she knew he was going up the mountain, but that was the last contact. It's probably four or five days now, and that's it. Wow. That so, must be so scary as a parent. Yeah. Now it's nearing six days, and Eric wow. is getting close to the top of the ridge. He must be starving. Yes. There's literally nothing to eat out there. No. He would just be drinking, like, I guess he's trying to drink uh, melted snow or snow, but doesn't eating snow actually, isn't it worse for you? I've always heard that, that it takes more energy to melt the snow in your body than it is worth the rehydration of eating snow. But we are not a medical survival podcast, so do not take our word for it. No. We are an aviation and avian law podcast. But, but I don't feel like it applies at the moment. It does not apply because this is mostly ground work mm. he's doing. If he moves to the sky, we'll Let give us know. you our advice. I, it's crazy to think that you could eat snow that turns into water, but it would still not be good for you. Mm. Well, you have to think about what's worth your body to you know process. Because mm. mm, your body uses a lot of energy and you do... Don't want to use that. That's up. true. You have minimal energy, especially if you're not eating. Yes. Mm, you'll be very hungry. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And especially if perhaps you are battling withdrawals from meth. <gasps> oh my God. I did not even think about that. I know. Oh. I didn't actually, I didn't read anything about that in the story specifically, but considering that that's something that he's doing and he has that addiction, I can imagine that he's probably battling withdrawals here as well. You would think so. Yikes. That makes it even harder. Yeah. So it's nearing day six and he's getting close to the ridge. But on from his own uh, accounts, he says he just does not have the energy to go further. Oh, I get it. So it sounds like he spends night six. Been there, and, done that. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like he spends night six and pretty much all day seven, day seven and night seven, just staring at the ridge, willing himself to go further to the top, but he just can't do it. I mean, at that point, you you would be so physically exhausted that your body is just like no. Yeah, and especially if he has cinder block feet. Cinder block feet. That's it. <laughs> So he, he also realized at this point that his MP3 player has a radio function. I don't know if he realizes now or he did at some point, but 
Uh, one of the accounts I read was that he was using his, the radio function from his MP3 player almost like a compass. So he was able to sort of see in what direction he would get better reception and oh. he was going towards it. Whoa, that's clever. Yeah. so That, that thing must have had a good battery life. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he does. it does sound like on day six or seven, maybe day seven, that he tunes into a radio station and he sees – sorry, he hears – that the search and rescue mission is uh, basically looking for his body. <gasps> his body? Oh, wow, well, that's I guess, dark. I guess after a week of somebody missing on the mountain, generally the, kind of the conversation they're going to say. For sure. Wow, that'd be so crazy. I don't know if that would be... I guess it would be encouraging to hear that people are looking for you, but it would also be very sad because you have no way to contact them. Yeah, exactly. He says it motivates him to keep pushing, and he doesn't want his parents to find him dead or like have to bury him so he says that that was part of his motivation mm. so he's like he's got to keep going wow but even though he felt the internal will to survive he just does not have externally his body is starting to fail and he just doesn't have the capability to keep going right he said he was constantly tired and just kept falling asleep Uh-oh. which is a sign of hypothermia i looked it up Mm. and obviously sleep deprivation, and they're starting to control his body. So I guess in hypothermia, your energy is just so drained. And also, I guess he was not sleeping properly because he's so cold. So his body is just like shutting down. And I guess that's what happens in the end. You just basically fall asleep and never wake up. Oh, my God. Uh, That sounds horrible. Yeah, so he's really sort of – He's kind of stuck in this semi-comatose state, and he's just laying there waiting to be rescued, not realizing that the search team had, in fact, found signs of life earlier and were actively tracking him. Oh. So he he mustn't have been that far away. Yeah. I mean, he went off range and said he hiked several miles out of the way, but really, in a broad scheme of things, he's not that far away. Right. So if they started, if they realized he was missing maybe three or four days afterwards and they started the rescue on sort of day four or five, they're tracking him and they're able to find out. Like they're like know where he is and they're on the they're on the hunt. Mm. So on day eight of him being out there wow. with remember he's just snowboarding, he's got no materials, he's got no yeah. equipment, he's got no shelter, food, water, anything. Horrible. Day eight. Practically freezing to death on his cinder block feet, on his ice block Aww. feet, he was spotted by a helicopter and oh, rescued. Hallelujah. So he was rescued. Woo! Yes, so day eight though, man. Day eight, no food, oh. barely any water. I wonder what color snowboarding jacket he was wearing. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it would be like, I feel like that's kind of a, a motivation to buy like an orange snowboarding jacket, you know? Because okay, you, you're, not just concerned, you're not just concerned about his fashion sense? No, I mean that too. But like if you had a white jacket, like a white outfit, it might not be that easy to spot you from a helicopter yeah i feel like it's very impractical having a white jacket Mm, also because if you're going not even just if you are um lost but if you're going down the mountain in a white jacket Mm. somebody might not see you and you could hit them true collide with them because sometimes those runs cross over each other yeah we should all be wearing very bright clothing very bright clothing yes so in Eight days, he had lost 40 pounds. Whoa. Isn't that insane? diet. Jesus. That's a lot of weight. I feel That like, is a lot of weight for such a short period of time. I know. It almost feels like it's too much. How much did he weigh when he started? I'm not sure. He must have been a big guy. Yeah. Although he was on meth, so hmm. I don't know. But yeah, 40 pounds. Wow. That's a lot of weight. That is so much weight. Yes. He was severely dehydrated, so I'm assuming... Probably a good like 15, 20 pounds is probably just dehydration weight. 
Yeah, that's okay, true. That's so true. Water weight is, is huge. Yeah. So he was severely dehydrated, and his feet were so frostbitten that both legs below the knee had to be amputated. <gasps> oh no! Uh, that's so, horrible. So for Eric, this was a lot to deal with. His feet had—I mean, obviously, everybody's feet plays an important part in their life. Yes. But thank you, feet. We don't thank, thank you, feet. you enough. But for unsung him, heroes. Yes, but for him, it really was his identity as to who he was because he was a former professional ice hockey player, mm-hmm. which is very much reliant on your feet, mm-hmm. and snowboarding was his new sort of passion in his career. So it was a very hard pill for him to swallow. He was also a foot model. He was also a foot model, undisclosed, <laughs> undisclosed. on the side. That was just for a side hustle, though. Yeah, that was a side hey, no hustle. no shame. So uh, <laughs> no, that's that is horrible though. I that would suck because like that's your identity is to be an athlete, you know. Yes. Although there are many people who have uh, prosthetics. Yep. Yeah. So you could go that route. Yeah. So he he does say that it took a lot. It was very hard for him to sort of come you know come to terms with, but he did survive an ordeal where he really thought that he was probably going to die. Right. So slowly he made his recovery. And he has since returned to snowboarding, mm. and he's not letting his physical limits affect his mental limits. You go, Eric. Yes. So he's, he's got prosthetics, and he also talks about how his experience had helped him kick his meth addiction, mm. and he talks a lot about faith. He was has quite a lot of faith rolled into this story, but I just sort of skimmed over that. But he definitely had some moments where he, he talked to the big fella up there and I could him. see that in moments like that, you would need to turn to God or whatever spiritual side you have, you know, yeah. to, to get help from a higher power, basically. Yeah, yep. well, he did. And uh, <laughs> he he, uh, he continued on that. He's very heavily involved in all of that at the moment. Is so. he Christian? Uh, yeah, Catholic, Christian, one of those. Mm. Yeah, he's all about God. He's very much into God. Okay. Yeah. So he had a lot of God references in this. I kind of okay. weeded some of that out. You know, we're non-denominational over here at the Not So Bon Voyage. We don't That's we don't true. religion shame. You can do whatever you want. But for the story's point, I took it out because it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> so since his huge ordeal in 2004, he's gone on to become a motivational speaker mm-hmm. about his experience, which I feel like is what most people have done. I feel like most people who have a crazy epic story, and, and a lot of our stories that we've told do this. They write a book. Mm-hmm. He did that. They become motivational speakers, and Check. eventually a movie is made about them that they mm. are like executive producers on. I was going to say, I could see a movie being made tick, about this. Tick, tick, mm. So he wrote a book about his survival called Crystal Clear. Oh, wow. That's so, hilarious. So he does draw, I think, a lot more of his story is draws on the parallels, not the parallels, but the connection of his drug use. Mm, I think he crystal clear, good one. Yes, one of the articles that I read um, for this story was based on a, one of those really religious news sites. Mm. So I think they were using his story as a great example of drug addiction and finding faith, things like that. You want to kick your drug habit? Go spend eight days on the mountain with no supplies, and you'll find God. <laughs> so crystal clear. I think it definitely has a drug reference there. And he, yeah, so that book, I'm not sure when he wrote that book. And then in 2017, a movie came out called Six Below Miracle on the Mountain. And Catchy. Yes. And it starred Josh Arnett. <gasps> Christine's. You mean Josh Hartnett? Hartnett. Isn't, isn't the H silent? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Josh Arnett. First of all, there's a, you're missing a T. It's Hartnett. And why would the H be silent? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just like. Um, like oh, honor, Ned. like honor, like no. the word honor. So you don't say honor, do you? you no say way. honor. 
I think I would know how to pronounce it. I had a huge crush on him when I was like 11. I always thought his name was Josh Arnett. Josh Arnett? Like Will Arnett? Yeah. No. I guess so. Josh Hartnett. Okay, well, Josh Hartnett. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, Josh Hartnett was in a movie in 2017? Yes. He's back? <laughs> He's back, baby. <laughs> He's back. Whoa, because he, I, you know those like really um, dumb articles that you get on the side of... Like, uh, where are they now? Like, it was like, why did these huge Hollywood starlets quit Hollywood at their peak of their career? And I feel like he's always on those lists. Do you want to see the trailer for this? Sure. Okay, here we go. Six oh six below trailer. Is it, it a, a Christian movie? Or is it it like, was probably fun. Is he Christian? I Josh have no Hartnett? idea. It's not Hartnett. Hartnett. It's perfect enough for you. I mean, you're stressing the boy out. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. There's Whoa. some family drama stuff going on. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so I guess there is a lot more to his story than just the snowboarding. I lost my way. Also, probably a lot of this is made up for Hollywood. No, no, no. He had he had a lot of dramas. Oh, really? Does Josh Hart, Hartnett, <laughs> is he still as uh, good as you remember? Well, obviously he looked much more amazing in the early aughts. But I think he still looks pretty good. Ooh, this movie, should we watch this movie? Yeah, it looks good. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. So he's 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 snowboarding the storm right now. There was a fork in the road. There was a fork in the road. And he took the wrong, wrong way. I wonder if that's metaphorical. Yeah, it's a metaphorical fork. He's now walking through. It was metaphorical. Oh. So he's now in a spot where he doesn't know where he is. And he, fall, oh, wow. oh, he falls into the water. I don't think that's how the story went. But he is in the water freezing. He's naked. He's naked. Christine's back on board. I'm here for it. We'll probably cut all of this. I don't know. We're at the end of the podcast, guys. We're just watching trailers now. It's fun. Should we cut this? No, I love this. Oh, there's a wolf, you guys. There's a wolf. There's, there's a, a wolf. wolf. Find your strength. I wonder if there's any God references. I'm sure. Oh, he's cry- Oh, he's looking up to the sky. Find your faith. Oh, yeah. so it is a Christian movie. It's a Christian movie. This is definitely funded by some kind of Christian society. Definitely. What do you want from me? Oh, he's talking to God, isn't he? Oh, Mira Servino? Wait, do we know who that is? No. No, she's an Academy Award winner. Who's the, what's the name of the woman in, uh, in that movie? In that movie. <laughs> Guys, we're not a movie review podcast, if you haven't realized by uh, now. We're getting really off track now. This is Mina bonus. Sorvino? This is, this is bonus material. Okay. Wow. Six below. Miracle the- on the Mountain. Miracle. Never lose hope. Mm. I need to look up that movie and find out if it's got something to do with god <laughs> we'll look it up for you it looks good though it actually doesn't look too bad josh hartnett is back you guys He's this is back. i'm gonna ma- label this episode josh hartnett is back <laughs> wow that's the best part of this whole story okay <laughs> all right guys well if we can't top that we're going to wrap up this week's episode thank you for listening to not so bon voyage and for getting through the last five minutes of a very poorly reviewed movie. If you listen to the last five minutes and you're hearing this right now, send us a message with the word HeartNet and we will send you a special video. Thank you for listening to our whole podcast. Yes, we will absolutely do that. We will send you a personalized video that's it. Uh, that is just to your name. You have to send us a message on Not So Bon Voyage on Instagram. So that's at Not So Bon Voyage. And we will send you a personalized message thanking you. You have for, to use the word HeartNet though. You have to use the word. The keyword is HeartNet uh, or Arnet. Depends Either on how one. you say it. And we will thank you personally for listening to this much dribble. All right, guys. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, stay safe on the road. And if you're not, make sure you tell us about it. Bye. Bye.